One of them would be just rejection, scared that someone is going to say no. And especially because you put yourself out there, you feel embarrassed, which then goes to the next one, which is perception. So what am I perceived to come out there? Like, am I looking too beggy? Am I being too pushy? Am I being too aggressive? Then you have, if you're coming from a place, a place of like, if you're, for lack of a better word, a people pleaser, you might think, am I wasting their time? Because if they haven't approached me, how do I know what I have they need? So am I wasting everybody's time right now? Hello, everyone. And welcome back to another episode of the Shortest Path podcast, the podcast where we explore transformative stories and the arts of getting unstuck. So as you can see, this week, it's a little bit of a new setup. It's been a long time that we spoke one-on-one, but unfortunately, my guest was um, unexpectedly ill. So I guess you've got me again. (laughs) So I thought to myself, what should we talk about today? And um, I reckon one of the things that we could chat about since it's been a while is some of the key themes which have been discussed over the last few episodes, as well as my own thoughts on these things. As always, if you haven't subscribed or liked this video, please make sure you do. It makes a massive, massive, massive impact to us, well, to myself, when making a show, and I'm always keen to learn about your feedback too. So, the first up I want to talk about is connection. Connection's a word that we hear quite often, um, and when we think about connection, there's different angles where you can talk about it from. You can talk about it from the person who needs to receive connection, or the person who's about to give connection. Firstly, I'll talk a bit, I'll talk at it from the perspective of someone who's needing to receive the, the connection or someone who's feeling disconnected at the moment. Charlotte Stavrou in one of our conversations, she put it best when she said that feeling disconnected is when you know you're doing something for the sake of doing it and you know you're not at your best. And I'm sure all of us can attest to a time where we felt disconnected. And when you're disconnected, whether it be to a job, to a person, to just life in general, you yourself can feel it and you're not actually able to give your full self. I have a friend of mine who started a job, amazing job on paper, going to be able to stretch him, as it were. But the key thing which made him quite upset about the road was that he lacked the interaction with people. He lacked that kind of arm around the shoulder from his boss. And so he himself felt that he was not giving it his all. And so because no one was checking in on him, he felt that it was okay for him to do so. And so sometimes that lack of connection definitely can bleed into different parts of your life. So think about some of your relationships. When you don't speak to your friends quite often, how connected do you feel? Do you know what's going on in their life? And sometimes just sending them a hello text can be quite important. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to offering your own connection to someone, I'll start with a quote. Understanding a person's hunger and responding to it is one of the most potent tools you'll ever discover for connecting with anyone you meet in business or your personal life. I'll say that again. Understanding a person's hunger and responding to it is one of the most potent tools you'll ever discover for connecting with anyone you meet in business or your personal life. This is from psychiatrist Mark Golston. So from the perspective of wanting to connect with someone, you have to ask yourself, why do you want to get through to them? In the work context, when I was talking about my friend, it could be connecting with him so he can reach the next level of his performance. Now, your why of connecting has to match with their hunger. So in that example, his hunger is feeling wanted or feeling needed. And then my why would be helping him perform well for my team, as it were. In any sense, you can be a business leader, it could be sales, it could be relationships, anything related to that matter. 
and their hunger most likely is going to be related to an emotional need, an, an emotional need, a psychological desire, what their aspirations are and what their values could be. So again, if we think of it from a perspective of sales or just starting your own business, when you go to events, you've got to try and figure out like, what do I have? So if you're selling water, for example, what do I have and why will people want it? What hunger will it actually help solve for them? Now, the first step in order to do this is to find empathy. So you do this by listening and observing to uncover these deeper needs that are unseen. And so it's, uh, it's about asking questions and really, really listening to what is going unsaid. Once you are asking these questions, you find out these common, different common ground. And it's important to also show yourself as a likable person where they're able to feel comfortable enough to have that type of conversation with you. Find the source of their motivation. You know, sometimes, again, with a value perspective, it can be just to be seen. So make sure you recognize people. Think about what type of conversations you can have. So sometimes it can take some planning and prep, but think about the conversation that you can have that really can awaken the hunger and make people willing to connect with you and be on the long haul with you. So I know some of you might be thinking, what if connection doesn't come straight away? And of course, connection can take a while to develop. And I think especially in sales where you might be throwing a lot of leads out there and no one is biting. And so this then leads to the second concept, which has been spoken about a lot, persistence. And now persistence is an interesting one because um, we always think we know what it means to be persistent in terms of just bugging people or just like being annoying. But I saw this um, analogy where it compares, it compares patience to persistence. So patience implies waiting for things to improve on their own. Persistence implies keeping your head down and continuing to work when things take longer than you expect, right? So persistence implies keeping your head down and continuing to work when things take longer than you expect. So can you think of times when you're persistent or you were patiently persistent? Me, I can obviously give countless, countless examples of where I thought I was being persistent, but really and truly it was just sending one email like every other month or so. So what is the active way you can be persistent and not too buggy? But we'll talk about that. Now, persistence in itself is always lauded as the key to success. And you hear the common cliches such as never give up. But the true art of persistence is not just relentless effort, but it's understanding when to push forward and when to pivot. But firstly, let's talk about why people are scared to be persistent, because sometimes this in itself is holding us back. And there's different buckets that you can put it in. One of them would be just rejection, scared that someone is going to say no. And especially because you put yourself out there, you feel embarrassed, which then goes to the next one, which is perception. So what am I perceived to come out there? Like, am I looking too beggy? Am I being too pushy? Am I being too aggressive? Then you have if you're coming from a place, a place of like, if you're, for lack of a better word, a people pleaser, you might think, am I wasting their time? Because if they haven't approached me, how do I know what I have they need? So am I wasting everybody's time right now? Um, and again, another way is like trying to be perfect with your outreach or perfect with how you're trying to be persistent in what you're doing. And perfection is always the enemy of the good. Sometimes you just have to go out there because perfection, waiting for that to happen is another form of procrastination. So it's a key thing of just actually putting yourself out there and seeing what's gonna happen regardless of the result because you have a clear goal in mind. 
you can think of people who are in science or biotech. Now, when they have an idea, when it comes to research, they'll have a, they'll have a hypothesis. And every time they test it, they might be proved wrong, proved wrong, proved wrong. But it doesn't stop them from keeping on trying because they know they're aiming for a particular breakthrough. So by refining your, your hypothesis, is, you're learning why people are saying no, and you're just shaping your your you're just shaping what you have in order to serve them better. Let's talk about some of the signs of when you should keep going and when you should stop, because I think that's another angle of persistence where it can be quite unclear at times. So the first one is progress, even if it's incremental. If you're selling a product, like when we started Herbie, for example, our first goal was like, okay, how much money are we making? How many sales do we have? Do we have? And on the slow days, it will obviously be very disappointing, especially if you've done a massive campaign. In other examples, when you're selling, sending out cold emails to people, like what impact are you getting? How many sales are coming through the door? But sometimes you have to take, you have to take a step back and look at what are the other metrics that are out there that can actually show you're making progress. This could be website visits. This could be email opens. This could be email clicks. Try and make it a game of whatever you're trying to be persistent at. What are the things that's going to help show you that you're making progress, even though you haven't yet met your last goal? Another thing is like what you're working on. Does it align with your core values and also your long-term vision? So for example, we have David's story where he was working at Viacom, killing it, smashing it. But he knew what his long-term vision was going to be helping people commercialize their IP. And part of that journey, he knew that he had to come out of, say, this corporation and figure out the other verticals that he can go into. The other vertical being sports. So as successful as he was, he was still putting himself out there and DMing people on, in, on Twitter. In fact, he found one person and he was DM, DMing him relentlessly. Even when he would tell him, okay, do something, he'll do it, but then not reply back. Eventually, he finally got that breakthrough. And what held him or kept him going in that particular scenario was because he knew that this was the next step for him. So think about that in that regard. If he gave up, he would might have given up too early, especially if he knew that was part of his purpose. Another reason why you should keep on going, even when it feels like you shouldn't, your passion. So do you have a sustained passion for something, not just a fleeting interest, right? Are you really willing to throw yourself in there? Another example would be Manny Surumi, where with him, someone showed him two million pounds worth of watches. And that encouraged him to say, you know what? I want to put my hands on this and I want to work and figure out who the wealthy, wealthy people are. He put in a strategy reaching out to the royal families in the Middle East. It took him four months. Four months. Think about it. Imagine DMing people every day for four months across different platforms and never getting a response. But then finally you get your breakthrough and you make £40,000. Right? So when you know something is within your, your vision and you know that this is something that you're passionate about, it's not going to feel that you're begging. It's going to feel like you're actually trying to help them with what you have. And again, that goes back to David's example where he was being persistent, not for what he could get for himself, but what he could offer because he knew what he had. On the other side, there are reasons or telltale signs of when you should stop. So it could be where you feel like you are literally not making any progress whatsoever. But then is it a case to stop or is it a case to pivot? Think about what you've been trying in terms of that hypothesis. Like I said, with the scientist example, what do you change? Is it a new targeting? Is it a new product? Is it a new value proposition? Then you change angle that way. What about the goals? Does this 
pursuit make you feel good about yourself or does it make you feel drained? Does it feel like you should not be doing this? Does it make you feel unwell or taking this mental toll? Another example with this will be Carl Martin, where we spoke about his um, startup, his startup journey, where he was doing everything he could within his power, but eventually it's he saw that by working on this, it wasn't going well, and it was actually taking him away from where his core values or what he actually wanted to do. So, having that clear line in terms of where you're going, and then checking in with yourself, where if you're being persistent with something. Does it still realign with your core values or do you need to take a pause and pivot? With all of that being said, to be persistent, there are a few elements that are going to be important within that. The first one is having that clear vision and goal. So what is the aim that you're trying to achieve with this persistence? Like, what do you want to come out from outreaching to these people? Secondly, being willing to be flexible. So yes, the shoe fits, but then can you adapt it a little bit? Can you pivot? of what you're trying to do. Another one is like support systems. Are there other people that are working on something similar to you that can show you encouragement? I always love the example of Mr. Beast where he talks about this mastermind group of people he had when he was starting his YouTube channel where every day they'd meet and it would be like literally, um, what's the word? Examining thumbnails, videos, everything like that. So surround yourself by people who are on the same journey as you because at the end of the day, if it's hard for you, it's going to be hard for so many other people who are going through it. So it's key to have that kind of support system with you. And then lastly, self-care. So making sure you're looking after your mental, making sure you're checking in with yourself and making sure that you're doing the things that you love without feeling too downbeaten from this type of rejection, as it were. Now, when it comes to rejection or going through this kind of stormy waters, as it were, it's inevitable that your self-confidence might take a hit. I remember when, I think it was 2019, 2020, um, before I started Herbie, where I was working on this FinTech type of product. Great kind of start in terms of traction, where we had a huge amount of people on our mailing list, but then through dream sellers in the VC world to other people who just weren't giving me the commitment that I needed to build this product, it felt very disheartening. I remember like going to church in the January of 2020 and literally like nearly close to tears, trying to figure out like what the hell am I doing? And seeing that through all of these kind of no's or you need to do this or you need to change, that my self-confidence just took a hit. Like I'll, I'll, hardly, I'll happily admit that. And I'm someone who feels confidence most of the time, but I would say that's probably where I felt the lowest, you know? I'm trying to do this, trying to get married. My savings are going down, like it was bad. But that time also gave me a chance to take stock and again, reevaluate who I am and reevaluate what gives me confidence in the, pl in the first place. So I think the key thing there was, um, understanding like, am I trying to be myself or am I trying to be somebody else? How do I get back into my groove? And getting back into my groove was working on things. And within say two months from that point, me and Paul, we launched Herbie and that was a massive success for us. And that helps me get back into knowing myself and knowing what I'm capable of doing regardless of the rejections or the no's that might come around. So when it comes to being authentic, or being yourself and trying to find your confidence is making sure that you're in the right spaces to be authentic. Because trying to be somebody you're not is exhausting. Um, and think about the people that you resonate with. Do you resonate with people who are more authentic or people who fake it? 
when you start to accept yourself, all your shortcomings, your the things that you're great at, the things you're not so good at, then it's another crucial step in building up that self-confidence. Um, you start to understand yourself or who you are, and it doesn't matter what other people's opinions of you are. This links back to what Paul was saying as well, like having that internal sense of who you are without needing external validation. Now, being unique, embracing your weirdness, um, like whatever makes you weird, it's your unique self. Um, I was just talking about um, Andre 3000's album with Benny, and that's a conversation where we're just being ourselves. I ain't scared to say that I like flute music. He said he listened to it back to back. We love it, but that's just who we are. We're not trying to be anybody else. And I think when you have your uniqueness, like whether you're listening to minimalism music or whatever, like it's such a important, like it's such an important thing to just bring your whole self. Like even if you watched something random last night, like don't be ashamed to admit it because sometimes it's fun. It brings up conversation. So be happy in your awareness, embrace it. Um, because when you're your natural self, it becomes a, s a source of strength and people know what they're going to get with you. So again, be yourself. And then this goes at another point where we talk about imposter syndrome. And last week, Leah made an excellent point about we shouldn't be running away from imposter syndrome. If anything, we should be running towards it because it shows that we are being stretched out of our comfort zone. If we always feel comfortable, therefore we're not growing. When you're able to be in certain situations where you feel that kind of imposter syndrome, don't default and try to act like everybody else on that table because you've been brought there for a reason. So you have to remember your source. You have to remember who you are. So seek it out as it is because you're accomplished and you're there for a reason. So always remember that. And think about the feedback loop. So that kind of relationship between your natural self, your confident self, even your low self, all these things are intertwined. And it's quite important to try and figure out why you feel high and why you feel low. Um, and so sometimes we can forget about how we felt in a situation. And so when you start tracking how you're doing, so keeping a journal or even just writing in your notes app about, boom, I had this meeting and I felt amazing. Why did I feel amazing? Because it was here. Why does this place make me feel good because of X? Or I was listening to this song. This song made me feel amazing. Why did it feel amazing? So then you start creating your own cheat sheet for when you are feeling a little bit low, where you can play this particular song and it just makes you feel like 10 out of 10 again. So tracking is always, always important. Um, Jamelia talks about this again, like seeing your progress and not comparing yourself to other people, but comparing yourself to who you were yesterday. When you're trying to do new goals or anything right like I always find tracking help I remember when I was trying to do Veganuary where I wanted to do the whole thing up front but it was hard so I just said let me start with just one day started with one day by the time it got to Sunday I saw I'd done five days because I'm literally writing down on my Excel on my, on my Excel notes app that helped me remain consistent so tracking is always 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 key another thing I want to add is trusting your gut or trusting your intuition now what does it mean in a world where there is so much data, so much, so much data, you can get in this place of like analysis paralysis where you just don't know where to look, where to go, where to run to. Now, when you're faced with certain decisions, it's important to take outside counsel, but always listen to yourself and 
see what happens. Um, think back to the opportunities or the events in your life where you trusted your own gut versus what other people told you to do. What was the outcome? That's your source of truth of what you should do going forward. Um, but yeah, I'm a big advocate for that because the more you listen to your gut, the more you listen to intuition, the more it starts kind of like, what's the word? Sharpening, as it were. It's like a tool. It's like a mental tool. Um, so yeah. And the last thing I'll probably say is um, when you think about your tracking piece, um, like have time to yourself like every week where you can write a few questions down about how your week was, well, how your week was. And um, some of these questions could be related to, you know, who did I connect with? What decisions did I run away from? What day did I feel my most natural self? Why was that the case? Um, when did I feel I was faking it and not being authentic? Who did I upset this week? Who upset me this week? These are all keys to getting to know yourself better. Um, and lastly, what was that most ambitious thing I did this week? I think that's always key in order to just keep pushing yourself. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. My name is Yemi Awopatu. This has been the Shortest Path podcast. If you enjoyed and liked what you listened, make sure you hit the subscribe button, make sure you follow. And yeah, I'll see you next time. Peace.